Welcome to Making Comics, a podcast exploring the comics process from two different perspectives. I'm Keith Foster. I write the comics Animals, Kadoja, and Three Protectors. And I'm Scott Loss, the creator and artist of The Second Shift, Wanders the Mill, Sonda, and Paradise Hills. Yeah. And we we do the titles, and we also do the drinks. So tell me about what you're drinking as we're uh, as we're setting where this the this boat is pulling out of harbor for the journey of this episode. <laughs> what <laughs> what drink have you brought to the boat deck with you for this episode? So this is a beer. This is a brewery that has been on the show a few times, I believe. I think this is local to you, right? Yeah, right the down the brewery. Street. Yeah, right down the street from Keith. So it's called So Radler. Blood Orange, uh, lager with blood oranges. Uh, ABV is 5.3% and is a 16-ouncer. So it's yeah. a nice, smooth uh, blood orange. I've had a couple nice. of two. I think uh, Altitude, I think, is the the first one that was around, like, that I can remember. Okay. And that has a bit of a bite. Like, you could really get that blood orange. But so far yeah. on this, it has a nice, nice, smooth start to it, which I'm enjoying. Yeah. Have you been to the brewery with me? No, I do not no. believe we've gone. Okay, so some other people, I've taken some other people uh, with me to that. Yeah, that's the one, what I think is their strength um, is slash are their insanely high stouts. They have, um, they have like a ch- chocolate banana split stout. They have a cinnamon roll stout. They have a pancake stout. And those things are expensive as hell. But mm. they are also like nineteen percent alcohol, fourteen percent alcohol. Holy it's shit. just yeah, it's it's a party in a can. What are you it's looking big, at? What are you looking at per can on that, dude? They're like fourteen to seventeen dollars per can. Oh my things. gosh, they can keep yeah. them. That's too well. Much. You're you know in the in the right mood, you can get me to grab one or two and just sock them away for like that right winter evening. Okay, you know, but okay, and that's, but then, and like, that's they're they, all bourbon barrel aged, so you know you're you're paying oh, you for go. the process. You're paying for a lot that goes into this. Do you ever see them on Tavor at like a reasonable rate or they're always that high? They are not a Tavor brewery. Okay. But what I can say is comparable beers are that rate through Tavor. Oh, it's not unusual to see, you know, there's a Denver one, I think called like Copper Kettle or something like that. They have similar stouts at similar prices. So it's, I mean, it's meant to be a splurge, right? You get one or two, throw them in your fridge. And then over the next one or two months, just make a point to have one. But, um, but you know, they're in competition with things like the Bourbon County Barrel Stout or whatever it's called, Bourbon County Stout. That's fantastic and arguably cheaper. Um, So anyway, I am drinking, speaking of bourbon, I'm drinking bourbon. And I am drinking bourbon from the grand state of Arizona. This was a wonderful gift from the homie Gary Hodges. Um, we'll get to this part in bringing the bullshit because Scott and I have some vacations to catch up on. And even our work, I think, will sort of float around those vacations in terms of what, what work we did and the type of work we did. But this is a very good bourbon. Um, I I had initially tasted it with Gary and it's good, but it's got a bite to it. And so uh, when I first had it, I was like, yeah, this is good, but it's kind of sharp. And Gary's like, yeah, it is. And, you know, that's kind of their thing. that It's not really smooth. But if you have it on the rocks, then it does smooth it out. And sure enough, um, after I had my first taste back at the house uh, that we were in, the Airbnb, it, it does. It does. And I think it's, it's more about knowing what you're in for. If you walk into this beer think or this bourbon thinking you're going to get something smooth and you're like, whoa, that's uh, it stings a bit. 
then uh, it's different <laughs> than if you you get ready for that. You know what you're getting in, you're in for going into it. And so, yeah, man, it's good. I've got myself a pretty nice glass. Um, I was going to have some beer, but uh, lunch presented me with the rarest of all lovely things, which is uh, they brought a beer to my table, but I had already ordered the beer at the bar and walked back to my table with it when I was having lunch. So she walks up and she says, oh, here's your beer. I'm like, oh, I, I have one. Like, you already gave me my beer. Thank you. She's like, okay. So she walks away. But then when she's walking back to the, the front counter, I'm like, you know, they're probably either going to dump that out or she's going to walk right back over here and say it's free. And damn it if she didn't. She walked right back over and said, look, we accidentally made you a double. Do you want it? I'm like, you're goddamn right. I want it. Like, <laughs> silly question is that? What I mean, kind of animal turns down a free beer. Yeah, exactly. Free beer is is lovely, lovely. So uh, that did that did throw a crimp in my evening drinking plans. But hey, I can adjust and I'm adjusting by drinking a good finger and a half of bourbon with ice in it. So that's go, before man. the ice. That's before the ice. So uh, let's let's get to it. Let's talk about the first thing you did this week, man. Like Keith said, we were on vacations, uh, separate from each other. While I was on vacation, I didn't get much work done. You know, it was just a time for relaxing and everything. So, but I did get a good amount of panel work done on Paradise Hills. So I did not complete one single panel, unfortunately, but I did work on multiple panels at once. So mm. this is all part of the Slack method. You know, I do try to keep the one panel a day rule. Things have been off the last few months ever since the Kickstarter, but hey, it happens sometimes as long as you're aware of it and try to get back on track, which I'm trying to do and am, am doing. Um, but doing multiple um, character work, like kind of like layouts, the under skeleton of those characters, um, I'm doing multiple at the same time, so hopefully, which will lead to multiple panels being done in one day. So you do kind of that, the harder work initially, and then, uh, you know, get that payoff later on when you're able to knock out, you know, three or four panels in a day. So yeah. that's what the the first part of this week looked like was yeah, catching back up, working on those panels, and doing like the under underwiring, the underframes of those characters and getting them ready. That makes sense. There, I, I, I think we can all relate to that, that there are some days where the work you're doing feels like you are putting forth a ton. It's like the tide is strong that day. The current is strong that day. And every bit of work that you do is simply to keep your place in the stream. That like you're just, you're just working to stay in place, basically. But then there are those other glorious days where you knock all that stuff out. Because you, you, you did some of the tough structural work, you fought through it when you had to, and then you get to knock it all out. So yeah, I'm sure you'll have a glorious day, week, whatever it is of productivity where you're finishing all this stuff because you were grinding through it this time. Yeah, it, it's such a weird phase of my uh, drawing journey right now. It's just like, man, I haven't felt like this in quite some time. Like, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a very productive person. And the fact that I haven't been a stay on my very strict schedule for myself, it's it's a little frustrating, but there's just been so much going on that it's hard to keep it all together. But I think every once in a while, people need stuff like this. I haven't mm -hmm. needed something like this in a while, like years. Um, so it's kind of an interesting experience to have. But to see that I am still getting some figures done, like I've inked two two figures fully so like i laid them out and i was just like laying out other stuff and i was just like oh fuck it i can ink this guy like i'm i'm in the zone for this so i inked a couple mm -hmm. of figures and uh so you know it's still there and and you know obviously there was some more work done this week and i'll, I'll talk about that shortly but uh yeah 
to keep chugging along on these pages and, and get them done is, uh, um, you know, it's all part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can totally relate to that, Scott, because what I can't remember is if I mentioned this on last week's podcast, the fact that because of my all my kids going through graduations um, and going through, um, you know, some other like kind of minor personal stuff, not a big deal, getting through all that and being sort of in a transitional phase. Now everything is settled and I can start to feel the momentum picking up in just being productive again. You know, my kids have all graduated, things are, are smooth, the waters are calm, and as a result, I'm being a lot more productive, which leads us into the first thing I did this week. I really had two major periods of time this week because um, I've been on vacation almost the entirety uh, between the recording of these two episodes, which was a little over a week this time due to our schedules. So for me, my we went to Phoenix, Arizona, and my trip took on two distinct parts. Part one was the reason we were there, which was Eden was fencing in the huge Summer Nationals tournament in Phoenix. So that was like the first four days. And then after that, it was a family vacation. We just booked extra time at the Airbnb we were staying at, did a couple things, um, and I played a bunch of golf. I actually played three rounds over the course of time being there. So Oh, wow. Once my schedule opened up, the type of work I did opened up. But for the first half, when Eden was fencing, those days had a very normal thing to them. Because Eden would either fence at 8 in the morning or 2 in the afternoon. And that meant that roughly for the rest of the time, you were, you had time to do stuff. And you weren't planning anything personal. So I was able to be productive. And in that time, I, I think I was very productive because I got up to page 18 of the script for my new comic. And um, and Scott, you'll be pleased to know this, actually. This is a good time to talk about this, that, um, you know, I did hang out with Gary on... on uh, I had some time and we hung out and did some cool shit, which I'll get to in Bringing the Bullshit. But, you know, it was basically like you and I hanging out. It's a long-form conversation that takes place over, you know, beer and multiple locations. Yeah. And one of the things we were talking about is how... I want to try to be just a little bit more open and, and stop being so close to the vest with the ideas because I don't want them to get in the way of the podcast we're doing. I mean, it's a process podcast and I need to be more forthcoming to a point. And so to that, to that point, it's, it's worth noting that this new comic is essentially a time travel comic told from different POVs, right? So that is the crux of this. And I was, I got 18 pages into the script. I was very happy. That's, that's a, quite productive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a big chunk. I, I think when we recorded last time, I had just written the first couple pages. So it was either the first scene or part of the first scene, which either would have been two pages or four pages. So now I am six scenes in and 18 pages. I, I like it. I, again, apologies because I can't remember whether I said this on the podcast, even though I know I've said it in person, live to a bunch of people. I haven't been this excited to work on a comic since the first issue of Kadoja. It has it has that youthful, just starting out energy to it. It's a blast. I'm having a blast. Um, it's just a lot of fun problem solving. And so that tactical work was really what took me up to the change, kind of the handover of my own vacation, which went from, you know, lots of hours every day to actually just do stuff as we were waiting time, waiting around to either go to the fencing tournament or we were just winding down from the fencing tournament. 
And so the work then changed once it was like, well, I'm playing golf today, or we're going to the Grand Canyon today, or we're doing whatever. So I'll get to that with my second thing. But the first thing was 18 pages of script. Dude, that's amazing. That's like, that's great. Yeah. When you're excited about a project, you can really get moving on it and really be productive. Um, you know, I felt like that with Paradise Hills. I had waited so long to work on it that doing all that pre-work, you know, all of that research and, and all of that character, character, like finding, character understanding, um, like that was really exciting to me. I remember I woke up one morning and it was like 6, 6 a.m. And um, I think we had a late night maybe. Like, and for us, that's that's not really a big deal. It's like midnight, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I wake up at six in the morning just with ideas like circulating in my brain. And it's like, okay, I don't want to wake up my girlfriend. So I just kind of turn and on my phone, I just start writing notes down, mm. you know, and, and uh, you know, just being excited about a new project. And like you said, you kind of have that youthful energy of your first comic. It's just like, oh my God, oh yeah. And then I could do this and that. And, mm-hmm. you know, so that's great, man. That's great to hear. And it's, it's so, it's so refreshing to hear that you can do this for as long as we have, you know, we're 10 to 11 years into this process and uh, still be excited about the next thing that we're going to do to the point where we feel like, hey, this is just us starting all over again. And it and yeah. it feels great. Yeah, so. totally. Uh, yeah. So and, and to that point, uh, what was the second thing you did this week? Uh, so it's San Diego prep, San Diego Comic Con prep. And in that preparation, um, Accidental Alien studio mate Death actually hit me up and said, hey, are you're going to be at San Diego, right? Here's a pre con pre-show commission list that you can sign up for so if you want to take commissions before the show you log on to here you know shoot them an email blah 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 and they'll put it up and so i did that and uh you know i already have three commissions and they're all finished a bunch of head sketches you know i i price them pretty reasonably and because you know my old self did not take long to do them. They were 15 to 20 minutes at most, start to finish, pencils and inks. And uh, so I felt comfortable with the price that I put up there. It's like, yeah, that's totally cool with me. Um, you know, hopefully the lower rate of that will like attract more people and I can just keep knocking them out, you know? And uh, so I did the first three and man, I am not as fast as I used to be. So <laughs> I, it was not 15 to 20 minutes, like double that. It was like 20 or it was like 40 minutes for um, I timed one of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, this is, you know, taking way longer than I want it to. And, you know, if you put it in perspective of an hourly rate, you know, if you're taking 40 minutes to do a piece you know, like I'm charging 30 bucks for it, right? It's just like mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, that's a pretty good hourly rate. It's not bad. Totally. It's just, I used to for be doing so something much... you love. Hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And they're fun. They were fun in ones. It was like, time. yeah, totally. yeah. I was doing Shazam, Captain America and, um, Cyclops, you know, 90 mm. Cyclops. And I'm like, I love 90 Cyclops. So I was like, yeah, I'm, yeah. You draw, you draw that for free. Yeah. 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 It's just like, Hey, who should I draw Cyclops? Yeah. Okay. I'll yeah. draw Cyclops. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So to do those, uh, they were really fun. I knocked them out relatively quickly. Um, you know, under an hour per, so that's something I guess. And, uh, but yeah, so I did a fourth one just as practice. I was just like, you know what? Like, I, I just want to get my speed up a little bit. 
And, uh, you know, it's just like, all right, well, I just need to keep doing this. Maybe every morning or something, I'll do a head sketch. And I have a small portfolio that I bring to the shows. And I think I'll just fill that up full of head sketches. You know, by the time San Diego rolls around, it's like, okay, cool. Well, hey, here's a bunch of new head sketches in here. People could take original art home at a reasonable rate. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just give me some warm-up practice. And, and uh, yeah. you know, it's fun to do. Like, working traditionally, yeah. I have not done that in quite some time. You know, mm-hmm. usually it'll be a thing of where I'll work digitally first, and then I'll print that out in blue line, and then I'll ink it. So mm-hmm. it's not exactly the, st- the same as starting, you know, with pencil to paper and laying it out there and then, mm-hmm. you know, drawing it up. So uh, yeah. just a bit of a different process that I haven't done in quite some time. And it's going to take a little bit to get used to it again. But I think within a week, everything will be cool again. And, and maybe my speed will be slightly more. Maybe I can get it down to 25 to 30 minutes, which I think I'll be okay with. So it's like a dollar or a, a dollar a minute, which is yeah. uh, still pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that fourth commission is interesting because that wasn't an actual commission. It wasn't the actual commission that you like love and enjoy, right? It was, it was practice. Like we're talking about we talk, practice. Here, we're talking about right? practice here. We're not talking about the commission. We're in here talking about practice. And it was actually one I did love because I just drew oh, okay. Grifter from Wildcats. I was like, okay, all right, I need to catch up. I need to, I need to practice. Okay, Let's but talk we're talking about, about practice. practice right now, right? Yeah, practice. So I was like, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm doing it my way. I'm doing what I want to do, you know? So, uh, yeah, but <laughs> it was funny. still a good time. You know, I, I drew funny. it. I, I'm in like this wild storm Facebook group hey. and I threw it up in there for fun. I was just like, Hey, you know, here, this is 25 bucks. If anyone's interested and in, yeah, you know, that's great. Know, just, that's great. Yeah. I mean, uh, we haven't talked about this Scott yet, but, um, but I expect that the next couple episodes topics are going to be informed by a book that I just finished. Um, the creative book by Rick Rubin. Uh, Gary had read it and talked about how much he liked it. I'm like, fuck it, I'll read it. And because uh, I was in a car a lot, driving a lot. So I would just, you know, put in an earbud and, and listen to my audiobook while we were driving to the Grand Canyon and all these places and back home and all that stuff. So I actually plowed through two books in like three days or three books in three days or something like that. It was insane. But um, but yeah, the the Rick, Rick Rubin, one of the things he talks about, you know, and, and listeners of this podcast will be happy to know there is a lot of overlap with some of the stuff that Rick Rubin talks about with what we say here on this podcast. And that's, you did it because you wanted to. You had joy, you created it, and that's where the heat was. And there's nothing wrong with that ever. That's that's always a great way to wield creativity, right? So it's very cool, very cool. Um, all right, so my second thing and my final thing dovetails nicely with the change in my schedule. And so my my days all of a sudden did not present themselves with opportunities for actual like writing, actual sitting in front of a computer and grinding out a scene and doing scene direction and dialogue and things like that. But I, I, I walked myself into a pretty nice place and 18 pages into a comic means there was one scene left. And I was, I could have written this scene. I could have written it, you know, five days ago, six days ago. But I realized I need to know more about the other issues in the series before I come back and write this. So I could have written it, but what I didn't want to do is write it and then paint myself into a corner that I can't get myself out of. So I needed to think through the rest of the series. Yeah, so this is actually something we talked about in 
other episodes mm-hmm. where we talk about intentionally painting ourselves into corners yeah. to try to creatively get ourselves out of it. Yeah. But this is an instance where we're not doing that. This is issue yeah. one. These are brand new characters and uh, you're, you have a complete story you're trying to create. Yes. So that's not something you're looking to do this time around. I think I think you make a great point in qualifying that because when like this is specifically the the corner I do not want to paint myself into is like plot self fuckery. I just coined that phrase, okay? Like you don't you don't want to just completely fuck yourself in terms of plot, right? And and that that is the concern I have here. And this is the kind of thing you just you you understand intuitively. You, you don't want to go with this. This is not a tree I'm interested in climbing up and trying to get myself out of as a creative exercise, right? Like, this isn't the characters are speaking to me or anything like that. This is, I really need to understand some important stuff about this. And when you have a comic that's a time travel comic, there's a certain set of rules that you need to be aware of, right? Now, I've long held that time travel is one of the most interesting things to talk about, to think about, and to bounce ideas off people for because no one has a personal stake in it. I knew I had some larger issues that I wanted to work out, and so I would just let the idea bake. Like, okay, how does this work? How does that work? Thinking through issue two, thinking through issue three, and and how how do I need to understand how this works so it can relay back into the present? And um, yeah, I had a bunch of conversations with people. I think I even hit Gary up a time or two just to be like, because he's a time travel junkie like I am. I mean, it's one of the things that interests me profoundly. It's why I'm writing this comic. And uh, yeah, just to talk about the different theories, like how realistic is this? How realistic is that? Knowing realistic is totally in air quotes here. But Given given time travel is what it is, you you have to make sure that you are like if you're going to bind yourself to parameters of science, then you'd better have those parameters of science correct. In a way, this goes back to the world building episode we had when we were talking about well, magic, right? We were talking about building magic stuff because my time travel world is going to have an element of science to it. The science is a little bit harder. If the science was softer, I wouldn't have to think about this. If the science of my time travel was like Outlander, where you just walk toward a couple rocks and then you beam into the past, then I wouldn't need to worry about any of this. This is interesting because you actually talked to me about it, you 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 know, previously before yeah. I think you got rolling and you're mm-hmm. like, hey, what do you think of this? And and mm-hmm. so it's interesting. You you flip sides on what you're going to do. I think initially you're going to go the softer route, um, you know, yeah. because for me personally, I do love time travel, but I wouldn't say that I'm on the hard science side of it. It's just like, yeah, this is what happens. And now we're time traveling. I'm like, cool. Mm-hmm. I'm good with yeah. that. Now what's now what the, what's the story? Yeah. You know, that's the thing that I'm interested in. Totally. Um kind of like Looper. Like I love Looper, right? Like yeah. I think there's elements of that where it's just kind of like, yeah, we're going to soften this up a little bit. There's a little bit of hard stuff, but I think there's yeah. somewhere nicely in the middle. So it's mm-hmm. interesting that you're going to go to the harder side of it. So this is interesting. Well, I'm actually going to the harder side in that it's it's going to be toward the middle. You know, I, oh, I, would ex- okay. I would expect the level of science to be somewhere around Looper, probably, to use that as an example. But, you know, like like the kind of time travel I like to think about is like Primer. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Primer, but it's no. this 
easy, easy to watch movie. I, I don't think it's free anywhere at the moment, but it's only like 78 minutes. And it is like, I mean, it was filmed for like $10,000. It is dense and scientific. I love watching that kind of shit. Um, in fact, um, something I was going to save for bringing the bullshit, but I should bring up now is I am surrounding myself with time travel stuff. And one of the three books I read over over my vacation was a, you know, a, a medium hard time travel book. Um, and I have another time travel book that I'm reading. I'm just gorging on these things just to feed the compost heap. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think the best way of putting it, Scott, is I'm trying to do hard time travel thinking even though the book itself isn't going to be particularly hard when it comes down to it. I mean, you'll let me know when you read the script of it or when I send you like an issue to check out, you know, whenever that happens. It's it's definitely harder and denser than I had originally planned. But I had originally planned just like Outlanders type shit, like you were talking about, right? Like it was just going to be like, oh, look, I'm a, I'm a Confederate Yankee in King Arthur's court, <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing, right? <laughs> How did this happen, right? And, and and that's the difference between between time travel and time machines, right? That's mm. that's where you start to get this level of of hardness, of denseness, of of scientific firmness to it. So anyway, I had a lot of really good conversations, and they finally manifested in me being ready to return to the script, me having an idea for the other couple issues. I believe this is only going to be only, hey, bourbon. (laughs) This is only probably going to be a three-issue comic now because I believe that is the length of this story. I don't think it sustains four. Okay. In fact, over this period, not to want meander too much here, I had actually gone from this being originally a four issue comic. There was a period about four days ago where I thought it was only going to be two because I didn't have enough story for three. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I thinking this is a four issue comic? It's clearly only two. But then I rolled with it, talked to my wife a little bit, bounced some stuff off people. And I believe that three is, in fact, the best place to put it. And even cooler it ended up with an entirely different ending than I had planned. Um, so oh, wow. that's that's the fun part of exploring this stuff and getting ideas for people from people and then also sort of bouncing them off your own internal thing of like, okay, does this work? I mean, I know it's cool, but does it work for the story? That was actually one of the things I told my wife. I said, look, I think your idea is very cool. I'm just not sure the characters in the book, in the story would choose it you know what I mean because it's a cool solution it's a cool theory but but would the people organically arrive to it or is it something that the god author thinks is cool and is dropping in there for that reason so it's that type of thinking I was doing it was the perfect kind of thinking to do while I was driving while I was looking at the Grand Canyon while I was you know taking walks whatever it was I mean I didn't I don't think about my shit on a golf course when I'm on a golf course it's like I am dialed in on whatever the round I'm shooting is but uh, but it was great thought type stuff to carry me on through the second part of the vacation right on man yeah that sounds fun the just just that whole process of it you know wanderers i don't know if i mentioned this on the pod before but wanders used to be a completely different story so you know as as i talk about here it's anthropomorphic dinosaurs versus humans you know discovering this planet that has anthropomorphic dinosaurs on it that wasn't the story the story i i can't say what the story originally was because it might be an el- i can tell you off the air yeah but it might be an element that i might use in the future mm-hmm or I might even weave into this maxi series 
but I'm not quite sure. Um, and so anyway, yeah, when w- the interesting part of that is it's like you get a new idea and it can kind of overcome your your previous you're like you know what this is better this this actually makes more sense or i like this ending more Mm -hmm. and so that that's kind of what happened with wanderers uh the dinosaur thing was a last minute throw in and then it completely changed what the story was like altogether Mm -hmm. it just became its own separate thing from the original idea so that's very interesting when that does happen that is that is a great example in your case of listening to the creative process and understanding when you have hit upon gold and then knowing that the gold is in this thing and I'm just going to mine this thing and the story itself is going to change, right? So I wanted to point that out. Scott gives a great example of why it is so important to like keep a log of your ideas. Keep If, if you cut an idea, put it back on the shelf. You never know when it's going to come come handy. You know, like this time travel idea that I have. I have two examples of this. One, this time travel story I'm working on right now was something I thought of a year, maybe two years ago. And it's actually merged with, a, you know, the, the multi-POV thing is merged with the time travel thing. And that made it a whole story. You know, sometimes you have ideas that don't quite sustain a full story, but are maybe half of an idea. And all you have to do is wait around for that thing that's the nice molecular pair so that you can get this rich story that works. You know, the the idea I had, the example I've given um, to some people before is Three Protectors had been written as a kung fu story forever. And it was that fateful conversation I had with Rory over cheesesteaks where we were talking about the next idea we had. And I said I had a kung fu story and he said he wanted to draw astronauts and boom, kung fu in space. That's how it got born. It was always a kung fu story. So I encourage you out there, like keep your ideas, keep your half ideas, keep your one sentence ideas, keep all these things because you never know when they're going to come back to you. And you never know when they're going to be the perfect thing that is that is the, you know, the peanut butter cup of what you want. I think I gave that peanut butter chocolate example before, right? Sometimes you make chocolate and sometimes you make peanut butter and you just keep these whole things and then they can merge into like an amazing combined story. So, yeah, I I think, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about this week or was that your main things? I have one more. I just cut something that someday someone will be happy to pay $1,000 for the Patreon that we offer. Because <laughs> Scott just dropped some deep shit, but I cut it. <laughs> Scott asked me to cut it, in fairness. He was like, I'm going to say something, cut this part. So that was fun. <laughs> anyway, you had a third thing. What was it? Yeah, so my third thing was I actually did some work on the vacation, and I just it clicked in my brain. I was like, oh, shit, I did that. Um, I flatted a page of, of Paradise Hills. It will be the only page that I flat because holy fuck, it took forever. It was one of the longest things I've ever flatted. And I'd rather pay someone money to do this than to do that again. Um, Like I've talked about on previous episodes, this story has so much detail, so much backgrounds in it. It is not worth the time that I put into it uh, as far as the flatting uh, aspect of this goes. I am better served working on the pages, drawing the pages, or hopping to the next story while my flatter flats these pages. What I pay him, it is well worth it. Like, I think I might give him a couple extra bucks per page how dense these pages are. Mm -hmm. So I flatted a page. It's nice to see the page flatted. And I'm like, oh, okay, this really kind of 
brings it together and like makes it a piece but at the same time it's like this is part of the piece that i'm not going to be doing so yeah yeah that was that was a lot of hours on the plane and actually by the uh the pool side while i was on vacation you know mm-hmm. just like you can sit in the water for so long you could swim around you can suntan which i don't do i like you put me out in the sun for an hour i'm two shades darker i don't need to mm. t- tan like my body mm. just tans so yeah. um but yeah if i do want to take a break from like eating and boozing and just want to relax um i pulled out the ipad and i started flattening some pages and so yeah. it was like some nice quiet time things that i was doing yeah. and uh uh you know it was nice to get done but yeah. holy crap man that definitely took the whole time like i think even both plane rides to and from, you know, it was just yeah. like, okay, you're working on this one page and yeah. uh, I got it done. So, yeah. yeah. I Okay. So I, I have a couple of things there. One, if you put me out in the sun, first of all, I'm probably going to wrestle you to the ground and be like, don't fucking put me in the sun until I put my SPF 60 on. Okay. <laughs> because I, I can get color, but it takes effort. You can't just throw me out into the sun and have me get color. Um, so no, I, I think I did just sort of get some color naturally because you know it was a hundred to get ten degrees most days, um, and I played golf at six in the morning so that when I walked off of the course it was only a hundred. That kind of thing. But um, <laughs> yeah. but hey, I mean that's also how you beat the heat, and more importantly, it's like way cheaper to play golf in Phoenix in the summer than in the winter. Um, but that anyway, that's about that's about me and my sun tanning slash burning problems. The other thing, though, you are dropping jewels because there is nothing wrong with outsourcing something that that you feel is not the best service of your time. You know, a common a line I have given people a few times in conversations is there was a time eight years ago, let's say, where I was like, you know, you know, it'd be cool is if I could be like a comic tour de force and write and draw everything. And and so I set out. I had my how to draw comics the Marvel way and I'm like fuck it I'm drawing lamps and I drew like six lamps and I was like fuck this I'm gonna hire artists <laughs> not it's, it, it's not that I can't draw lamps I could probably draw a mean motherfucking lamp these days I don't know I haven't tried in a while the amount of effort it would take for me to get decent at drawing not good just decent is probably the same amount of time it would take me to go from like good at writing to fucking world class at writing. So why would I not just put that time into trying to be world class instead of trying to draw mediocre, right? So there is nothing wrong with, to all the people out there, like if you see something you don't want to do and you want to outsource it, outsource it, right? It's about, it's about you creating. It's about you finding the best use of your creative time. And it's about you having this amazing dialogue with yourself that that is what creating stuff is. So bravo to you for doing that. I mean, you knew that anyway, but you, and you didn't mean, need me to reinforce it, but I wanted to call it out for the people listening because it's really, really great information. Yeah, and look, there's pages of some of my other, or, or second shift specifically, because Wanderers is uh, all zip tones all screen tones. Yeah. But there's pages of second shifts I will still flat myself. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, this won't take that long. You know, like you know, completely behind the curtain, the average page rate that a flatter gets paid is $10, $10 mm-hmm. a page. I found a guy that's doing it for, I think seven or eight. Mm-hmm. I will not tell you who this person is because I, I don't think that's their going rate. I think they want the 10. 
Mm -hmm. but I met them through another guy who was paying them the same amount. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like a buddy rate. So it's just like, okay, I'm not going to give this guy up or, or whatever, but, um, so I'm getting it at a very reasonable rate. Eight bucks an hour is pretty good for where they're they're from the Philippines. So it's a pretty good rate for them. Mm -hmm. Um, they got three mansions. Dude. Yeah, he's he's swimming in gold. He's like mm-hmm. Uncle Scrooge. No, just kidding. <laughs> but um, you know, so it's it's decent. It's a decent rate for them, and uh, they're completely happy to do the pages. So, yeah. but like I like I said for Paradise Hills, I might give them ten per page because this shit yeah. is crazy. Yep. Um, so you know, but there are certain pages of Second Shift. It's just like you know what, I can do this. This isn't going to take very long. It's a few headshots and a lot of backgrounds. I'll be quick with it. It's like a coloring yeah. book, right? Yeah. And so. You know, look, if if you can't afford a flatter, like it's totally understandable if you have to do it yourself, because I remember I think the first two, two to four issues of, of Second Shift, I was flatting all the pages myself. And then by the fifth issue, I found this guy and I was like, hey, I'd rather just pay this guy. And um, like for me personally, you know, this is this is a saying I always say, you can always make more money. You cannot make more time. Mm-hmm. So for me, my time is more valuable and it's it's better spent drawing more books, you know, or at the same time, I'm trying to go through the process of lettering the comic. It's just like, mm-hmm. OK, well, let me letter this while this guy's flatting this. I can letter these black and white pages at the same time he's flatting them. And then when those come in, I'll pop those in and I'll send those to Joaquin and, you know, or whatever, you know, I'll just wait for the finished pages to come in. Yeah. So do whatever you got to do. So it's like, look, if it's if you have to do it yourself, it's not a bad thing. But if you have the means, if you can go, hey, you know what, I can suck up you know, 200 bucks to pay mm-hmm. someone else to do all the flatting for this issue, then just get it done. Yeah. I mean, I, I equate this in a weird way to cooking because I'm not much of a cook. Sometimes I like to cook. Sometimes I want to like buy the chicken and bread the chicken and cook up the chicken and do all that stuff and then make this and make that. And But sometimes... I want to go to the grocery store. I want to buy fucking Tyson shit. I want to throw it in the air fryer and I want to put that into a salad and just be done with it because I'd rather use my time another way. This is no different, right? Like there's nothing wrong with wanting to explore and enjoy the time consuming part of the process. Just like there's nothing wrong with wanting to take like that particular shortcut and getting onto the stuff that you're good at. So there's lots of ways to win. It's about you, your creative process, your creative journey and what the final product is, you know? And, and uh, so however you want to navigate that path, do it. We got a, uh, a nice review a couple weeks ago from Nautius Marcius. And so it was a five-star review with words, which is our favorite thing not involving our books, but not involving buying our books in the universe, right? So thank you so much for taking the time and write this to write this review. It's it's long, it's thoughtful, and we appreciate it. Um, so while we love the review, we're not here to to share you know the stuff. It was it was great stuff about the podcast and all. But he ends the review by saying, on a side note to the creators, could y'all please talk about copywriting stuff? Like, do you copyright a character first, then make the comic, or do y'all copyright the book first? Other than that, blah, blah. so then he just talks about some um, some stuff about us and how Scott and I rule and how the Sixers are going to win the title. Okay, maybe he didn't mention that. I can't remember. And he probably, he may have been hinting at the Summer League title, because that's probably the only fucking title <laughs> we're ever going to win. And I'm not even sure we're going to win that, honestly. But but anyway, so what we wanted to do is we wanted to talk about copyright stuff. We did touch on copyright stuff before. 
there's an episode and I can't remember what it's called, but it might even be copywriting. Um, but I remember Scott that we recorded it in at your place um, sometime maybe around Comic Con a couple of years ago or something. But um, but anyway, so we're we're gonna give a quick discussion on copywriting because you gave us a review and you asked us a question. So we want to hit up some some basic stuff about copywriting. So uh, Scott and I had a text exchange leading up to this and he was like, you know, do you want to talk about copywriting? I'm like, I do. I know stuff about copywriting. People don't think I know stuff about copywriting, but I know stuff about copywriting. So here's the thing I'm going to tell you guys and girls, men and women, ladies and gentlemen, copyright happens at the time of creation. So if you write down a story, guess what? It's copywritten right now. You own it right now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give this, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to walk a very dangerous tightrope here because I, my bourbon is gone. Like my bourbon is gone <laughs> and I have no idea how this is going to go, but I'm going to take the, the lovely idea of unicorns versus crayons with light bulbs for heads as an idea here. Okay. So theoretically, in terms of copyright, when Scott and I talked about that, it is our idea, okay? Like, that is our idea. Copyright exists. If someone decided, in theory, okay, like we're going to talk about in theory, and then we're going to work our way into practical stuff. In theory, if someone took that idea, we could sue them, okay? If someone made a comic that said, you know, unicorns versus crayons with light bulbs for heads, then we could say, hey, we thought of this on a podcast. It's there on air. I have a document of when this was created. Blah, blah, blah. Let's take them to court. Okay. We we theoretically could. Okay. We theoretically could take someone to court for that. But this is where we start to get into the nuance and the nuance is what matters. So copyright exists at the time of creation. But let's say we want to take that lawsuit. Let's say we want to we want to force it. Number one, we're going to have to make sure that doesn't get thrown out of a court of law, right? And we're going to have to prove that whoever thought of their amazing smash mega hit, unicorns versus crayons with light bulbs for heads, (laughs) that somehow they heard our podcast and that was what gave them the idea. Because if we don't have that causality, we don't have a case, okay? That's, That's the most important thing of copyright stuff here. Let's say we get that case, okay, and we, we get a judge to actually take it and not throw it out because somehow somebody listened to our podcast and said, I'm going to make that comic, and then they made that comic, and it was our idea, and you want to go to war, I took you to war, okay, right? Like, we're taking you to court, okay? Let's say we win. Here is where the difference between copywriting at the time of existence and what most people think copywriting is at a formal level, this is the difference it gets you, Okay. There's a difference between copyright at the time of creation versus filing a official copyright with the U.S. Copyright Office, okay? If you file a copyright with the U.S. Copyright Office, what that generally gives you is the ability to sue for punitive damages, okay? So if, if, if we go with the, just the basic, we thought of this, we know you created our stuff, here's our evidence, judge, and the judge says, yeah, that's cool, this was totally around and you totally stole it, what we can do is we can sue for damages that are incurred, 
right? Like you made $20 million off this idea. We, we owe, we are deserved half of that. You give us 10 million. Okay. However, if you go through official channels, what that does is give you the right to sue for punitive damages, which can be anything. You can be like, you hurt my pride, $400 million, whatever it's going to be, right? Okay, so I just laid out a pretty elaborate case that spun, that I basically built a very delicate house of cards to make all of that happen. And in my opinion, the most important thing about this is the fact that I just built a delicate house of cards to make this happen. Because um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this example again. You know, people who have listened to every single episode of this podcast, first of all, thank you. You rule. Um, and, and you're going to hear this a second time, which is what a copyright, which is what a lawyer told me. Uh, Scott and I can create a comic right now about a boy wizard who has to go to a wizarding school. And, and a, a huge unseen seething evil is rising and has a connection to the boy and ends up wanting to kill him. But the boy gets mentored by the head of the school, who is a kind old wizard, okay? I, we can make that story right now and not get sued. We cannot call the boy Harry Potter. We cannot call the bad guy Voldemort. And we cannot call the good guy the mentor Dumbledore. I can call him. Can I call him Dingledork? <laughs> you could. That's dude. That's the crazy <laughs> thing, right? Well, it, you could especially do it there because it would fall under probably fair use and parody if you're if you're making it like explicit, right? So, I I know that that was like sort of long winded, but I think the long winded thing is helpful here to get to copyright because, in my opinion, I think that people are too protective about copywriting their stuff when like it is so hard to copyright stuff you know like people people can steal scott and i's ideas right now if they're smart enough to take the names away if they're smart enough to reduce it down to a core element that they want to take and then incorporate it from there now people get clumsy all the time people get slow all the time there are people out there you know where i see it the most in terms of copyright infringement is things like photography where you take a photo and you don't copyright it or you copyright it personally and then microsoft makes the mistake of using it in an ad without fact checking you so now you can come after them right but just remember that even if someone is clumsy enough to take your idea in its wholesale form you're still going to have to hire the lawyer to go after them you're still going to need that money to go after them or you're going to have to find the right lawyer that wants to take a pro bono case and hope that they win right right so there's a lot of like it's work a slam that... dunk. So they they're like, yeah, we're gonna win this, so I'll get paid on the back end. Exactly, exactly. So so that's my overarching thing about copyright. I I and I think this is something Ed and I had done, and it was actually very cheap. Um, because trademarks are one thing, copyrights are something different. Correct. Uh, copyrights, like I believe we copywrote the first script of mm -hmm. Second Shift One. Mm -hmm. So is that that's correct, right? You can copyright this the script, and so basically everything that takes place in that script is protected. You you can copyright the script, but you're only going to be after be able to go after someone if they use the script. If if there's evidence that there is a clear connection to that script, if they change a couple words in the script, good luck, right? Yeah. Could could you win what? the case? Eh, that's up to you and how much you want to pay a lawyer. 
Now, what if I hired Peter Dinklage to play Dingledorf? <laughs> well, like, what does that just do? What does that just do for you as a person? Like, how are we feeling about it? It, it makes me wish I had two hundred million dollars to fund this immediately. <laughs> immediately, like, here like goes, right now. Here goes the next inside cover to Kadoja <laughs> Symphony of Madness Volume Three <laughs> or, yeah. or Issue Three. <laughs> This is almost too good to not do at this point, right? Right. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, um, I, I hope, look, I hope that was a help. Did you have any other follow-ups on copyright? I mean, I, I did my no. best to kind of walk through the example there. No, the, I the... think you did a great job. You really painted the picture of what it can do. So, like, if you do go as far as copywriting it through the U.S. government, what you're basically adding there is an extra level of protection yeah. on your uh, creative story or whatever it is. And you can sue for more, you know, mm -hmm. as opposed to, okay, well, how much profit did you make? Well, I want 75%, 50%, whatever the number is. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. And I think just having added copyright stuff like that, like if you do go through the government, it does make it a little bit more official, but it doesn't make like, for instance, Second Shift issue one is on Kickstarter. I have a timestamp of when. Mm -hmm. That was put out into the world. The idea was put out into the world. So it's just like I can simply take that into, you know, a court and say, hey, I had it. We had it written and drawn at this time, you know, and, and blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, yep. you know. But if you go through the U.S. government, that's like just another feather in your cap. Yeah. Yeah. But I but and, and you make a great point. Uh, but I, I think I think this anecdote is going to help because so much of what I've learned about copyright is triangulated and there and and it's a bunch of anecdotes that are similar to this which is let's go to the infamous no vaseline critique that i got a couple years ago now at this point right at least two years ago when i gave this guy my first hundred pages of my then you know in process novel in the top right corner as my header I had put the title of the novel and I had put copyright 2021. His note there was only amateurs do that. We know it's copyrighted basically because you wrote it. You're giving it to me. You copy wrote it. So, you know, to people out there that are giving like scripts or submitting scripts to like comic companies or submitting anything, just know that if you actually call out the copyright on it, amateur move right and and this is something that was he said it and i have heard it from other sources in the meantime like we all know it's copyrighted and i think cop going overboard on copywriting i mean submitting your material to anyone it's a leap of faith it's a leap of faith that they actually want to do something with your stuff and they don't want to steal it you know i mean when when people send stuff to invader they want us to put it out they you know, like you, you do have to take a little bit of a leap of faith that we're going to actually want to put it out and pay you and everything. And it turns out we do. It turns out a lot of people yeah. do. You know, I think there's a um, for the bigger companies, they stopped actually taking scripts. Yeah, because because uh, of like Marvel DC. Yeah, it was because of people suing, you know, yep. it's just like, hey, we gave you this idea. And now, hey, this idea is now in Superman. You know what exactly. I mean? It's just exactly. Like, I had an idea where where a planet sized cloud blasts lightning into the underworld or something like that. So therefore, you stole my idea. And they're like, you know what? Right. Fuck it. Fuck all your scripts. We're not taking anything. Yeah, anymore. We're not taking anyone now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I hope that helped just just make it 
love it, put it out in the world and uh, and go from there and see what happens, you know, and uh, because because the the level of buffoonery that would have to happen for someone to actually violate your copyright is is almost embarrassing, right? They would basically have to take your thing and share it wholesale without making a single change. And uh, and the odds of that happening are pretty low. Yeah, I mean, I, I might have mentioned this on the episode before, but like um, a famous comic artist that I really love, um, he was advertising that he was doing commissions and I hit him up about doing commissions and like using it for a cover. And by the time he got back to me, I was too late for his list or whatever. But I had sent him um, images and 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 uh, PDFs of, of mm-hmm. Wanders of Melisanda. He uh, last year, I think it was last year or this year, he released a series where there are ideas from Wanders in it. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, dude, that's like, is this a fucking crazy coincidence? Is this one of those things where, you know, and, and uh, it, this does happen. So I don't want to say like accuse this guy that this is what he did, but when you read something, if you see something and some time passes on, you're like, Hey, I have this great idea. Mm -hmm. And you forgot that you read it. You forgot that you saw it. Um, for me, I was like, it feels too fresh though. It feels like I just sent him that not too long ago. And like, you know, it's like, Hey, I have a giant crab in my story attacking these, you know, attacking, you know, Lee and Mars. And then he has a mechanical giant crab attacking his two main characters. I'm like, what the fuck? It's the same fucking shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and there was like a couple of things like that. And, uh, you know, so it was a real bummer for me because I really like the artist. I think he's amazing. So, yeah. but it could be one of those things where it's just, and like, look, this is the whole, hey, he's a wizard. He's been, you know, mentored by Dingle Dork or whatever, but it's his name is played Harry by Potter. played by the same actor, Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Okay. Hell so, yeah. so like, so it's like, look, enough was changed there. So it's just like, well, I don't, even if he did do it, I don't have a case of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. God live Dingle Dork. Um, hey, you know what? Uh, thank you again to Nadius Marcusius. Mar- uh, and he did give us the five star. You know what? I'm going to try to read this real quick. Keith, if I fuck this up, go feel free yeah. to cut. Um, well, I'm going to go get um, a Diet Coke while you're doing that. Do it. Do it. All right. Uh, If you're looking to see what's behind the curtain of making comics practically from all aspects of the biz, these guys have you covered. Whatever you're looking for to learn about the process of making comics, these guys got you with an added bonus of beer reviews. Also, they bring on guests that also make comics, so that's cool. It feels like that show cheers, but instead of everyone the bar having different jobs, everyone is making comics and on their journey. I'm trying to make a comic, so I really like this pod. Many times they cover situations that I've been through. I just smile and shake my head like, yep, that's exactly what I felt while writing that. Uh, that that feeling happens constantly, but it also the feeling of hearing mentors give constant advice and optimism about making comics. This podcast will definitely inspire you to keep working on your comics, so I recommend to anyone in the comics field. Um, so he goes on, he says, the comic copyright stuff other than that these guys podcast is freaking awesome been listening for a couple of years now and could definitely see myself listening to decades ahead good luck live long and suffer just kidding live long and prosper from houston texas y'all take care now you hear hell yeah man my my the hometown i i co-claim right my my formative years grades one through 12 houston represent and we we really appreciate the the written reviews like we appreciate the five-star reviews obviously 
it's so important to us uh, for a couple of reasons. One, we actually get to hear what you guys think about the podcast. Yes. You know, the aspects of it that you enjoy, like that's really cool to us. So Mm -hmm. as much as we appreciate the five-star reviews that you give, which we always encourage, Mm -hmm. if you could throw a couple of lines, just let us hit the high notes, hit the low notes. Hey, you know what? I really like these things. Like, hey, maybe less of, um, you know, I don't know. There's fucking nothing. There's nothing for you to not like. How about that? So hit the high notes and uh, throw some words. So we appreciate it. Um, there are no low. This look. You don't. That's you why don't it's get, five fucking stars. Exactly. You don't, you don't get low notes on the five motherfucking star podcast experience, right? That's we don't do low notes. We just do high notes, baby. That's right. We're, here. we're fucking Mariah Carey over here. <laughs> just, what's a mini Ripperton? We're just doing the high E and loving you. That's all this is. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so, hey, we got bullshit, man. We should do some bullshit, right? Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple of things. Uh, well, let's, let's hit the, let's hit the vacation since we both took vacations. Yeah. Um, me and my girlfriend, we went to Cabo for a nice extended weekend. We left on a Friday, very early in the morning. We came back very early on a Monday. So we had basically three full days in Cabo at a all-inclusive resort. Dude, for me, that's just the way to do shit now. Like if mm-hmm. you're going to go somewhere, like if you're taking a, you're taking a plane, you're going, you're paying for a resort, you might pay for all inclusive because it is for me it is just the way to go you can order as many drinks as you want you can order as many meals as you want if you want to get steak and shrimp and you don't know which one to get because they're both the main course guess what you can get them run it run it motherfucker get them fucking both (laughs) so um we did that for three days um by the monday we woke up early enough to catch their breakfast i was like i'm done I'm going back to my intermittent fasting. My body cannot take this. We weighed ourselves when we got there. Our hotel, our, our rooms came with scales. So we're like, <laughs> oh, hey, we should weigh ourselves to see what we're starting at and what we're ending at. Dude, I gained, me and my brother-in-law, we gained eight pounds a piece. <laughs> our ladies gained six pounds a piece. That's the best. It's, isn't that fucking crazy? Have I have getting... I told you? Wait a minute. Have I told you my my? I, I feel like this is clearly a drunk conversation we've had. That I have this like this is Keith's um, constant weight of the universe argument, right? Like like guess what, Scott? When I went to Phoenix, I lost five pounds because I think I weigh too much. So I feel like, I mean, when you really think about it, right? Does like the does the planet gain or lose weight? I don't think it does, right? Like matter is neither created nor destroyed, but I right. think that that also works in terms of weight gain and weight loss. You know, like like I remember, uh, I yeah, said what well, you lost, I gained plus more. I so. said this to my buddy one time, and I was like, he was like, so what you're saying is that like if you lose ten pounds, there's someone in Kansas just wakes up and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I've been eating or it's right. evenly distributed amongst multiple people. You yeah, know, like maybe yeah. one guy gained three and another gained four and one gained <laughs> one and then two other people gained one. Yeah, so man. yeah, man, that's that's fucking what happened, dude. Like I by Monday morning, I was like, I no longer want to do this to myself. Mm. It's like Sunday, we literally had five meals. We had five fucking meals, dude. I'm a two meal a day guy. It's like two meals and some snacks, you know, with my intermittent fasting. And so by Monday, I, I woke up and I told my girlfriend, I said, I, when we get back, I'm going to Costco. I'm buying a rotisserie chicken. I am eating that rotisserie chicken all week long. That is all I'm eating with salads. I did that. Yeah. 
Yeah. I made sandwiches out of it. I, ha- <laughs> I warmed it up. I threw it in the air fryer, threw it on top of my salads. Like that's what I ate the whole week. I lost 10 pounds. Fuck yeah. Right back at it. <laughs> so, but it was so crazy, dude. The last day. But someone we else just, went on an all-inclusive trip and they gained your weight back. <laughs> it's all true. Weight, all weight is constant. The weight of the universe is constant. It's true. And um, like for, uh, I don't know, to, to save their life, they could not make a Moscow mule. Every mm. time we ordered a Moscow mule, they brought us something that was not a Moscow mule. And we're <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? And so we finally learned, like, we just got to stop ordering this. Like, I started ordering um, the, uh, what's what's the shot? The shot is, uh, is it tequila in the Moscow mule or is it is it vodka? I don't know. I don't really drink mixed drinks. Okay. So I think it, it's either tequila or, no, it's, it's, it's vodka. It's vodka. So I started ordering a shot of vodka um and like ginger ale i'll make this and then motherfucker I just, myself yeah i'll <laughs> just make this shit like i know there's yeah. more to it i know there's some bitters and some other shit but i was like whatever the fuck they're bringing me it's like i can't figure this shit out i like ginger ale i like vodka let's mm-hmm. just make this bitch you know so um and then by the last day a guy got served something and i was like what is that delicious looking drink and so i went over him i said hey man what, what's that drink you just ordered? What is that? And he goes, oh, it's a blended uh, mango margarita. And I was like, um, Garcon, that is what we want. Keep them coming. And it was yeah, amazing. Like okay. It was fucking amazing. So Hell yeah. uh, basically wasted by poolside yeah. for three days. Yeah. Just And they have a, um, yeah, man. I think it's called a, I think it's called a Baja shelf, which is essentially like a seat, like a seat that runs along inside of the pool mm. so you step over into the pool and you're just on a seat yep. and then so you're just sitting there sipping drinks just taking in the sun but taking in the water at the same time man that's it amazing. was it was a great time hell yeah that's awesome that's awesome yeah you you posted a particularly funny uh photo in your story where you had taken your you're on a boat and you <laughs> and your button and you had t- you had buttoned your button down shirt all the way down and popped yeah. it out, right? And uh, and I, so I, I know I I saw that, and I I Instagram messaged you. I was like, "You're drunk, Scott Lost," or something like that. <laughs> and then and then your response the next day was, "You're welcome, Mexico," <laughs> which was which was lovely. I, a, a fun fact too. I actually uh, I can't remember how I I think I said something like, "I was I was at breakfast with Alyssa because you know the whole family was there," and I was like. Oh, Alyssa, you should see this photo of of Scott all drunk and shit in Mexico. She's like, I saw. Yeah, because she's your friend on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we're friends on Instagram. <laughs> she's like, I've already judged like, him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she she clearly already formed an opinion, which was funny. <laughs> all right, so, all right, so so yeah, for me, um, Arizona was cool. You know, like I. I mean, my my quick high points that sort of don't have a good connection to the podcast are the golf in Phoenix is amazing. So mm-hmm. it turns out that like Phoenix is this huge golf destination. I hadn't really thought about it, but there's like golf shops everywhere. There's golf courses everywhere. The they have what they have is an amazing amount of mid mid priced resort level golf that's just accessible to everybody. So like if you're smart and you book a nice tea time, you can play some killer courses out there. The golf there is so much better than it is here where I live. And and it was a treat. And I I would actually consider going back even in the heart of the summer just 
tee off at six in the morning. You know, like who the fuck cares? Then you're done by 10 and you get to go home and nap, you know? So that was wonderful. Um, the food there was super good. You know, Gary had hyped up the food and, and I think it delivered. I had an amazing cheeseburger at a place called Huss Brewing. It was way better than like a microbrewery cheeseburger should be. Um, we ended up at this like Asian supermarket and ate at a place called the Happy Bao or Bow or something like that. Bao. Which was yeah, Bao, which was just a good noodle um dumpling place. I'm awesome. And then there's a place down not far from downtown, Scott. So maybe next year we hit this up. Dude, it's this, it's like an old house. And it's this sick fucking Mexican food at a place called Cocina Madrigal. It was awesome. Super good. So, uh, so yeah, we, we had a good time and did that. So that's, that's like the quick hit, like high points. I guess the other quick hit, hit high point is that we did go to the Grand Canyon. It's almost too big to comprehend. That's the problem with it. You know, you go and you see it and it's this amazing vista. But no matter how how long you, you know, then you drive for like 30 minutes to the south end and like it's the same amazing vista. It's every bit as good. But it's almost it's almost so big. It's more impressive when you're flying over it in an airplane than it is when you're there. But amazing views. Um, What I thought was actually the most amazing view in person was this place that's a two-plus-hour drive from the Grand Canyon called Horseshoe Bend. Horseshoe Bend is this cool, like, like the river basically forms a horseshoe around this enormous, like, rock formation. And you have to walk almost a mile to it from the parking lot. But when you do, you just come up to this fence, and all of a sudden it's there. And what's great about it is it's almost too close, so it's, like, larger than life. Um, I gotta say, it's it's... Offhand, it's the most awesome thing I've seen in my life. You know, like it mm-hmm. was it was more impressive in a certain way than the Grand Canyon. It's nowhere near as big, but you're closer to it and you can't back up. So it just you sort of take it all in. So, yes, an amazing, nice. amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Um, but I think that, that place, that Mexican place, you said it was Casina Madrigal. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, I wonder if they're fans of Encanto because that's like the whole thing is like about their house and their last name is Madrigal. So it's it's just a fun coincidence. I'm not sure of it, but I would argue the reverse because that thing, yeah. I think when we looked it up, it was like 3,800 reviews on Yelp or something like that. Oh, like, shit. Like, yeah, like what the fuck is going on, right? Like so many reviews. But I did want to take a little bit of time to talk about hanging out with Gary because uh, that was like the making comics experience. So we grabbed some food. We grabbed some beers. We grabbed some comics. Of course, we went to the bourbon and uh, we went to the beer store. So we just kind of did it all within about four or five hours. The one he took me to. Uh, I don't know if it was the one he took you to. So he he took me to one that was in. So his thing was, what do you you want to do? When you walk in, the register and stuff is on the right hand side and there's a bunch of refrigerators on the left. And they kind um, of bend into a U. I I think this was different. I th- this was in Tempe. Okay. So he did he take you to a beer store near his house? Because this was in Tempe, which was closer to where my Airbnb was. I can't remember to be okay. honest with you. Yeah, yeah. So we well where we went was in Tempe, so not far from Arizona State University. And we went to uh, to the whatever the beer store was and found all you know some really cool shit. I ended up grabbing a few things. And uh, I'll have one of those beers on the podcast in a future week. Um, but what we also went to was this comic shop called Abe Comics, 
which was really cool. Um, I, I didn't get any back issues. I wasn't in a back issue mood, but I was in the mood to grab a few, like fill, kind of get current on a couple series that I'm reading right now. So the new Fantastic Four is really, really good. It's really fun. And so I got current on that. I think I got a few others as well and maybe a couple dollar comics, but I do recommend Abe Comics as a cool spot. Okay. Um, yeah, check that out. Yeah, but but the highlight, Scott, was a place that I think got in Gary's head because of when we hung out a month ago, which was Cornish Pasties. So, ah, you know, yeah. To, yeah, so to detail this conversation, um, Gary's girlfriend is from Michigan. And we, you know, what the four of us went out that first night, I think maybe in, in Phoenix for Phoenix uh, Fan Fusion a month ago. And we were talking about something. And then I sort of surprised his girlfriend with my knowledge of pasties which are from the upper peninsula of michigan right we were talking about food that is specific to certain areas that's right because gary gary was talking about the chili size right yes chili size that's what it was because that like like he he basically he kept on bringing up chili size to people and all of the test readers all of the readers of the comic are like what's this gary thought it was far more universal than it was but it's basically like a local Arizona thing to call that a chili size. So that spurred local things. And then I just brought up pasties, which are from the upper peninsula of Michigan, where very few people live, and that the people there are called youpers and all this stuff. And like Mary's like head almost exploded. <laughs> she was like, how do you know all this shit? And it's like, well, because I read American Gods. That's where I first found out about it. But then I got obsessed with pasties as well. So I've, I've gotten pasties mail ordered to my house from the upper peninsula. And, wow. uh, and then, yeah, it turns out that there's this amazing, I think it's a multi-location chain there called Cornish Pasties. So you mm-hmm. walk in and it's got like ornate like felt wallpaper. It's got a decent beer menu, you know, like it's got a few local beers on draft. Um so we sat there and had a few beers, but more importantly, Scott, I only thought like there is one kind of pasty. It's a Cornish pasty. It's basically like a beef stew with rhubarb in a hot pocket, right? Like that's the okay. easiest way to describe what a basic pasty is. Like beef, potato, rhubarb in in a in a runny gravy and then they stuff that all in like a a bread shell and then they toast it or put it in an oven or do whatever. It's delicious, right? Like it's really good. It's like good. a portable chicken pot pie? Yeah. Kinda. Yeah, except beef. Except beef and, okay. and not creamy, more more like runny as opposed to creamy. Cornish pasties, however, Scott they have fucking 35 types of pasties. They have oh. they have a chicken pot pie. They have a turkey dinner. They have a Cuban. They have a pepperoni pizza. They have a multi-ingredient pizza. They've got all kinds of shit. So the one mm-hmm. I got was the Royale with cheese. Oh, nice. Pulp Burger. Fiction yeah, man. Pulp Fiction reference. Burger, cheese, Thousand Island, and fries inside the pasty. Wow. It was awesome. It was awesome. Um, nice. So yeah, we had, like next year, Scott. I mean, assuming assuming I get a note at some point for next year's fan fusion, um, and we end up going, yeah, that's that's going to be on the on the destination list. Oh, I'm they down. Have, oh, that man, bow so place good. sounds good too. So Amazing. I'm, yeah, Amazing. I'm down for this. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, so yeah, I, I think that was. Did you have more bullshit you wanted to talk about? I think no, we're, we'll save it. Stuff. We'll save it. We're running long here. So all right, to rate this beer, um, the brewery. So Radler Blood Orange, um, lager with blood oranges, alcohol ABV is 5.3, 16 ounces. I give this, 
I give this a six hmm. only for the fact that I can't really taste the blood orange. Um, I know I said at the beginning of the pod that I actually kind of enjoyed the smoothness of it, but at the same time, I didn't get any blood orange. Um, I liked the flavor. It was solid. That's why it's getting a six, not a five. So as far as what this beer is, um, if I didn't like the smoothness of it and the flavor of it, it would have got a five because the advertisement of the blood, blood orange. But um, yeah, so um, if you're a big blood orange fan, this is not for you. Um, I would get it again. Maybe I would, let's say I would drink it again. I would not purchase this again. Uh, but, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's just not something that I would go out of my way to get again. Yeah, man, I hear you. I mean, there's, there's something to be said for experiencing something different, um, while understanding that it may not become part of your permanent rotation, right? So, uh, so yeah, so for me, Copper City Bourbon, I've been thinking about this. I'm, I'm thinking seven and a half, seven and a half, really good bourbon, it is sharp, but uh, being on the rocks does smooth it out, as as the great Gary Hodges says. And uh, so, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I've still got plenty of bottle to drink, and I will be enjoying that as well. And with that, you can find me on Instagram at Keith underscore Invader. I am posting the books I'm working on. I'm posting photos of my life quotes, stuff about the podcast, all that good stuff. So follow me there. And of course, I have the website, KeithRFoster.com, where you can read about my comics. That is Kadoja, Giant Monsters Meet HP Lovecraft, Three Protectors, Kung Fu in Space, and Animals, A Virus Infects Animals, and Now They Want to Kill Us. Issue one is out now. You can order it through the website. And I actually got a few pre-orders for that, so I'll be shipping those probably tomorrow or the next day because my copies of Animals have come in. It did hit comic shops, so if you haven't gotten your copy of Animals yet and you still want to, your local comic shop might have it. So head on down there and try to grab it. And uh, But if not, you can always get it through KeithRFoster.com. And they could probably order that too, even if they go to their shop and they go, "Hey, can you order this for me?" There mm-hmm. will their stuff be on. Will there be stuff like they can order? Odds are, you can walk into your comic shop and they can order it, and they'll get it for you really soon. That is the preferred method. But if that doesn't work out, you can always get it through KeithRFoster.com. Right on. And you can go to AccidentalAliens.com. You can pick up my books: Second Shift, Minimum Wage Superheroes, Wanders of Melisanda, Anthropomorphic Dinosaurs versus Humans, and coming soon, Paradise Hills. I hope to have that completed within the next month, and uh, on my end of it, the art end of it, and then have that off to uh, my flatter and Joaquin simultaneously, and get that shit out into the world. So we'll see maybe a couple of months away from that being on Kickstarter and uh, rolling out. So um, accidentalaliens.com, you can pick up all those books. You can go to at Scott Lost on Twitter, Instagram, and threads so the new twitter replacement that is associated with instagram is threads um i do have a thread account i'm active on it it's at scott lost on all three of those and then facebook.com forward slash scott lost when is san diego comic-con scott it is the second to last week of july what date so, does that start do you know uh like is 21st like the... i think okay so hey guess what party people that's this week this episode is airing on Monday, July 17th, which means that this week it is San Diego Comic-Con. You yeah. can find your boy Scott Lost with the accidental aliens there. What is your booth? Uh, we are a small press K7. Oh, wait. 
Yes, I believe it's K7. I'll have it on all of my social media, so follow me on social media. It'll be pinned there to the top. Um, and I believe that might be somewhere between... Uh, shit, I think it might be the 2100 aisle, 1900 aisle. Um, small press is like dead center in the middle. So yeah. um, just look, look on your map that San Diego will give you and find small press. We are K7. Yeah, come through. Say hi to your boy, Scott. And, uh, and grab some books there while you're there. So, but let's say you're you're not in San Diego. Let's say, or you are in San Diego and you explicitly want to avoid that because you just hate crowds or you just want to camp out the whole time and hope you get the fucking sold out MF Doom figure from Super 7 that Keith wasn't able to buy because it sold out in three seconds and now assholes oh, are damn. selling it for 200 fucking dollars online because they're asshole scumbags. Yeah. Yeah, I'm talking to you. I know, I know. I'm so glad that they bought them up so that MF Doom fans can't get them. But I digress. So let's say you don't want to do that. You know what you can do? Five stars for your boys. We've said it. We've said it all podcast. We're the five-star motherfucking podcast experience. You know what to do. Five stars are great. Words are even better. More importantly, we appreciate it. We love the feedback. We love hearing from you guys. And hey... You just found out valuable information. You can put a question in your review and we might answer it. We answer questions from all different locations. Facebook, Instagram, email, reviews. It doesn't matter. Dude, if you want to create a designer line of cookware and you want to put a question to the Making Comics podcast on the bottom, on the underside of that cookware, you want to engrave it, give it a shot. Nobody's stopping you. You're creating. You're putting a cool question out there. I may not buy that cookware. And Scott may not buy that cookware. But somebody out there might, and they might relay the question to us. Just putting it out there. (laughs) I don't know what to do with that. (laughs) There's nothing. If you have any any questions, comments, concerns, uh, just... If you could follow what Keith just said and you're into it, hit us up. I'm curious. Makingcomicspodcast.gmail.com. Talk to us about cookware, comic books, beer, our vacations, whatever you'd like. Yeah. Victor Wimbanyama. We covered. Yeah. Yeah. Victor Wimbanyama, his security, um, smacking Britney Spears. Poor girl. Did you just see the game just now? I saw the highlights, like yeah, what man, he had, like twenty-seven, oh, he, yeah, ten, man. and twelve, or some oh, shit looked, like that. He did some in like cool four shit. blocks. Yeah, he did some cool shit. He did some cool shit. Legit. Anyway, let's Legit. bring it on home. So I've been, hey, I've queued up the music. The music's bringing us home, and you know the deal, guys. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Yeah, yeah. I just hit record. Okay, I did too. And hello, hello. There's waveform okay, cool. and everything. Hell yeah. All right, let's All try right. this shit again. Moving on up like the fucking Jeffersons. Moving on up to the side. To the knee like the mountain. In the sky. Moving on up to the east side. I think that's it. We finally got a piece of the pie. Get ready, Scott.
Reach no fire in the kitchen. Burn on the grill. Took a whole lot of trying just to get up that hill. Now we up in the big leagues. Okay, anyway. All right, there goes your bonus audio for the end of the episode. Get my turn at bat. All right, yeah. Let's, uh, let's get it. Okay.